Kane is in the building. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Three P Podcast, Season Seven, Episode Nine. Can't believe it's already nine episodes in. We we keep moving along, so I'm loving it. I'm your host for uh, today's show, Stephen Bonazzo, and as always, I'm uh, pleased to be joined alongside Josh Ramowitz and Alex Castle. Boys, great to be back. Uh, you know. Taking some of these, you know, every other kind of weeks until everything starts to revamp back up, which is it's happening. It's soon, you know. Uh, well, now that when this episode comes out, opening day was the previous day, but pretty much we can consider this opening day weekend for Major League Baseball. So it's great to have baseball back. Um, obviously, our Yankees, but just the there's nothing better than baseball being on all day especially in the summer summer nights and catch a game so i love baseball season uh and then exciting weekend as well it's also the final four and one of my home state's team yukon u-c-o-n-n yukon 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 the huskies back in the final four where they belong they have uh an interesting matchup with miami and the the March Madness tournament was really interesting this year. Florida Atlantic as a nine seed in the Final Four, first time in school history, going against San Diego State, a five seed. And I think believe it's their first. I think three all three school- three of the four. Yeah, three of the four. Yeah. It's their first time. So and then obviously UConn has got the experience. This is their sixth. They have four national championships, but sixth uh, Final Four appearance. So. Should be a good weekend for sports with baseball now back in the swing of things. And the final four is always fun. And then obviously we have the NBA. So let's get into baseball. Um, since baseball is now the hottest kind of topic right now because it's opening day weekend. Um, the Yankees won their first game with uh and they they will have Friday off. Um uh, or today off. So, but opened up. This uh, season with a five nothing win at the stadium, and promise we'll get to you because I believe uh, you were in attendance for opening day. So we'll get to you shortly. Uh, the Mets opened up with a win, uh, and well, the Red Sox didn't. So that's just lovely. Uh, both New York teams did. Boston didn't. Uh, they lost to Baltimore. Sounds like sounds like the the perfect scenario for opening day for all oh, of yeah. us. Uh, I listen. As long as the Yankees win, I don't care what. Ha- well. As long as the Yankees win, Red Sox lose, I'm fine. Um, you know, the Mets really don't matter to me, but good for them for winning uh their home opener or their opener. Uh it's away in Miami. So let's just clarify something quickly. The Mets don't matter to you until a little bit later in the season when the Mets rants kick in and they and we we maybe get some friends calling it about the Mets. That's when they matter. Right now it's it, it's the beginning. So we're gonna give give some time for the dust to settle. Oh yeah, it, listen. They're worried about the Yankees this early in the season. Then they got bigger problems than than baseball. So, um, but promise we'll go to you. You were in attendance. Um, 
You saw that 5 nothing win. You saw Garrett Cole dominate on the mound, breaking the Yankees record with 11 strikeouts on opening day. He looks phenomenal. You saw Aaron Judge clobber that ball to continue uh, his home run streak from last year. He obviously broke the AL record last year at 62. He's on a good pace now, hitting one first game of the season. Um, and I think most, more importantly, though, you were in attendance for a special Major League debut. Number 11, Anthony Volpe, new starting shortstop. So, Promets, I want to just get your thoughts on uh, just how the team looked in person. Obviously, on I watched on screen. I only watched a couple parts because I was at work. Castle, I don't know how much of the game you were able to catch since it was, you know, 1 o'clock is, you know, it was right during the workday, so it was kind of tough, I'm sure, for you too. Um, but obviously, Promets, you were there in person. So what are your thoughts on the team? How they look in person? Um. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, Garrett Cole looked very dominant. I was very worried at first. Uh, the leadoff walk, it looked like the first inning, if he had a tough time finding the strike zone, but he settled in very, very quickly. I believe there was a point where the first eight batter, eight guys or nine guys who recorded an out were all struck out, which was very impressive. Um, the first three innings all strikeouts very impressive stuff and this is what we wanted to see from our ace and like michael k mentioned all during the yes broadcast and one one thing that the yankees really take for granted when it comes to garrett cole is his longevity and how he does not miss starts last year he was one of only i believe eight pitchers who pitched over 200 innings he led the league in strikeouts and he started off 2023 with a bang his his what was it 11 strikeouts stevie 11 strikeouts in six innings uh no runs two or three hits two walks it's what you want to see from an ace he looked like a dominant ace and then you mentioned aaron judge doing what aaron judge i don't need to go on about him anthony volpe had a very good debut yeah it was a shame that i didn't get to see his first hit but I saw his patience at the plate, showed a lot of plate discipline. Uh, I believe there were two at-bats where he worked a full count. One of them, he drew a walk. Another, he got out. But when he drew his walk and he got on base in his first career at-bat in the big leagues, he immediately stole second, made, a, made an impact. And when I was watching that, uh, that steal at dinner with my dad, it's just crazy the kind of lead he got. And he got he took advantage of the new MLB rules, how Logan Webb, the San Francisco giant pitcher, threw over uh, to try to pick off Volpe when he was standing on the base. He wasn't even leading. And because of that, um, he couldn't throw over again. He could only he only gets one throw over per per batter. So once um, he tried to pick off Volpe, who was already on first base. Volpe basically got the green light to steal because he couldn't be picked off. So once that happened, you just saw him take a massive lead and he just, his speed really reminded me of prime Brett Gardner. And it was really soothing to see that number 11 steal second because his speed is going to be talked about as one of the, the top guys as one of the fastest guys in the league. And it was really refreshing to see. He also made some very impressive plays at shortstop. It wasn't a really busy day for him, as I mentioned. Garrett Cole 
struck out a lot of guys. So did the other relievers. So he really didn't have much work to do at shortstop. But he turned a nice a nice double play. He made a nice throw over to first, which Rizzo had a nice pick as well. So it was cool to see. Um, overall, the Yankees looked very solid. It's opening day. No need to get carried away. They struck out a bunch. So I'm sure Booney's talking to the guys about cutting that down for the next game and the other games to follow. And I think there's a couple of takeaways. To t- um, obviously, it's first game of the season back in New York. A lot of excitement, um, especially a lot of excitement with Volpe and some guys being out. So it, it was a difficult, you know, like first kind of game that they had to play under. Uh, a lot of a lot of different kind of, you know, storylines going along with the team. Also, it wasn't like it's an 80-degree, 90-degree summer day they were playing in. It was what, like max 45 degrees with well, some wind? Well, I will be honest. I was sitting under the sun. It, it felt very nice. I, I did not feel that. 40, 45 degree weather. I, I was feeling at least maybe maybe 50, high 50s where where I was. Maybe All out right. in right field, maybe out in first base. It was a little cooler there where sun wasn't shining as great, but kind of by the third base area, shortstop area, it was a, it was a nice little 50, 55 by me. All right, that's, that's not too bad. But I, I saw when I was watching the game, their jerseys were blown a little bit. But anyways, you know, I mean, so I could see when Cole is kind of a little cold, you know, to begin the game, you know, it's not a 90 degree day or like the guys obviously striking out, which the umpire really was questionable. I mean, he made some really bad calls behind yeah, him, that. So. Yeah, I saw it was hard to tell from where I was, but there was one specifically on the Josh Donaldson where he popped the balloon and then immediately struck out Josh Donaldson. That looked completely in the left, left, uh, Left batter's box. It was not even close. And as uh, poor Oswaldo Cabrera. I mean, like he had such a great spring, and he struck out like three, four times today. But a couple of those, I mean, those pitches were so outside. So like, I, I'm not even blaming him. Um. So that's why, like, yeah, like the Yankees, they struck out 14, 50 times, fifteen times, which is you know not pretty in the slightest. Um. Despite winning five nothing, but that's why I counted. It's opening day. It's cold. And that umpire behind home plate was just ruthless. So, uh, but one of the biggest takeaways I had was the energy they played with. I just felt like this team truly loves playing for one another. They and- fe- they fed off the crowd. I the crowd was rocking. It felt like a playoff atmosphere. And I don't want to like overreact because it's only game one of 162. And I don't think every single game, regular season game, will be this this insane. I get it; it's opening day, so that's why there was a little more energy and passion. But that crowd was electric. You've seen the videos. I think they showed during the Yes broadcast when Volpe got his first roll call. It was loud. The whole stadium was joining the roll call, not just the right field bleachers entire stadium was going nuts when judge had his homer everyone was going crazy it felt like a very important game and yes in reality it's only game one of 162 there's a long season ahead but the the players definitely fed off that energy Garrett Cole definitely fed off that and that I that could be a big factor as to why he pitched so sharply and dominantly 
And the saw- big and sorry to cut you off. One big thing that I, I left off about Garrett Cole, he led the league, gave up the most homers last year. It was great to see him pitch a shutout. I think for his confidence, it was very good to see. Oh no, that was the key thing too because that was, you know, that's just my because I know he can get the strikeouts. Um, I know he can, you know, like pitch a gem. It's just the home runs was a killer for him last year. So to see him, and I know that he's not going to pitch a shutout every game. He's going to allow runs. But if he can limit the home runs this year, that will be key for the Yankees. Um, And another thing, too, I saw was Rizzo, he gifted all the rest of the Yankees players. I don't know about the coaches, but the Yankees players with um two bottles of wine in like a, a shoulder bag. So, again, it just goes to show that, like, these guys truly seem like they are so close united this year and that they really, like, they want to achieve this goal of winning the World Series, not because it's part of the sport, because they play for the – but, like, they almost want to do it for each other. So, again, like you said, it's it's the first game. I'm not going to – like, the Giants can win the next two games in the series and, you know, we can be, you know – like oh what the heck I don't want to I don't want to go that far, Stevie. Let's just leave it alone. Let's just move on. I know, that. but I'm saying what I'm saying is I just I like the energy I saw from the young guys, the veteran guys, Judge. I mean, I think Judge last year banged on him. And Castle, I'll, I'll direct this to you. Um, to me, Judge looks so loose out there. Last year, obviously, he had that his career year, one of the best seasons you'll ever see in Major League Baseball. Um, but he was banking on himself. Like it was risky. Like I got to imagine that was a lot of pressure on him all year. Now that he got paid, you know, not just like a a deal, but I mean, a significant deal, clearly one that he liked because he didn't accept that extension from them before the start of last season. So he got the deal he wanted. He was named captain. Do you think that, you know, him playing loose, like can really, um, even if he doesn't put up the same numbers, but help help lead this team to farther, you know, like heights, um, and finally kind of really lead them to like a. Obviously, they've had great seasons in the past. He had a, he won the MVP last year, but do you think it can just like I don't know, um, help them get to that next stage kind of thing? You know, now being the captain, now knowing he's locked up and it, he can really kind of focus on that one goal of truly winning. Absolutely. And I think judges leadership will spread out nicely to the different types of guys that you have on the team for the younger guys like Volpe and, you know, uh, Cabrera, who's already played with him a little bit last season. I think they're just going to continue to look at him in a, in a mentor sense, like here's judge, here's the captain, here's the guy who the, the Yankees are basically saying, well, they did say this is our franchise guy. So I think they'll look at Judge and they'll look at, you know, how he plays in certain games and how he prepares and how he handles, you know, the day to day operations. And then for some of the older guys like Rizzo, you know, guys who have been around in the league longer, they'll look at Judge and they'll be like, I got your back no matter what. You need me to help you get these younger guys into shape or, you need me to help you work with a certain player. Or you need me to help you command certain aspects of the game. I'm here for you. So I think judge is going to benefit the, the dugout and the, just, just the overall team so much. And it's huge. And I, I really do think it's going to take them to the next level because 
yes, he he had his historic season, but you do have to think that there was some part of him that was distracted by, you know, the contracts and what was going to go on behind the scenes and if he was going to be a Yankee next season. So now he can be fully locked in. And I think he's also aware of, of the landscape with, with the other, with our rival teams. I mean, you know, I'm sure, you know, if we touch upon a little later, but when you look at a team like, like Boston, who's, you know, they're the, the New York Yankees and Boston Red Sox rivalry is arguably one of the biggest in, in all of sports. Now you look at what, what Boston, you know, is like, he, he's not going to worry about teams like that. He's just going to, you know, He's going to keep that tunnel vision and he's just going to stay focused. And I think it's really going to spread out to the entire team. And, and I'm sure, I'm sure in some cases him and Boone will be collaborating on stuff too, just the two of them. So it's going to be huge. And I think today's game, you know, listen, not getting on the the train of getting ahead of ourselves, but this was just a great way to kick off the season, especially with how last season ended for us. And then to your point, even though this team is very similar to last year with very minimal changes, bringing in Carlos Rodon was really the only big move that they made in the off season. This team just reminds me so much of the 2009 Yankees where yes, they had Derek Jeter as the captain, but they had also so many vets that were real leaders. You look at Mark Teixeira, Cece Sabathia, Jorge Posada, Mariano Rivera, Yankees have, Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton, Garrett Cole, Josh Donaldson. LeMayhew. LeMayhew even. Yes, they have so many guys that are leaders without that official captain title. So that definitely makes the job for Judge easier because they don't need, he doesn't need to be like a father figure type of thing for the the rookies and and show them how to be a Yankee when there's so many other guys who can lead by example and not have to hold Volpe or Peraza or Cabrera, whoever other rookie decide, they decide to call it during the year. They don't, it's not just Aaron judge. You're the captain. This is your job for all of these rookies. Like there's so many vets who can step up and help out. So it's not just, a one-man show for Aaron Judge. So that definitely also makes it a lot easier and a lot less uh, pressure on on the shoulders of Aaron Judge. And I totally agree with the both of you. And I think, yeah, I, I just think this team is really built to go far. I mean, because of the veteran leadership and guys just like, you know, no one has big egos on this team. Um, you know, even judge, like you would think like he could have a big ego. He doesn't Garrett Cole. He doesn't Stanton. He doesn't Rizzo. He doesn't. I mean, these guys just really, truly care about each other and the fans and just what this organization truly means. And they really take it an honor to play for the Yankees. Um, so I don't want to keep harping on and then, the Sorry. I, you just remind me of something else. I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, you just mentioned like all those vets don't have big egos. They know what it takes to be a Yankee. I look at even today, just from one game and I don't want to overreact, but just looking at Anthony Volpe, his, his roll call. What did he do during his roll call, Stevie? He kissed Van Wy on his Jersey. 
like it that to me just shows that like he know he grew up a Yankee fan. He grew up idolizing Derek Jeter. He modeled his game after Derek Jeter, how to be a Yankee and how to play shortstop and all this and that. Now he's living his dream. He is someone who at only 21 years old seems like he is learning and knows all is basically knows how to be a Yankee at such a young age. So that's also another big factor and a huge bright spot for the team. And one last thing to wrap up with the Yankees. It's just nice not to see Aaron Hicks, Connor Falefa in the opening day lineup. It was good to see Cabrera get the start, Volpe get the start. So um and, and both I think important. and both are permanent too. Yeah, obviously I, obviously Volpe we knew, but I believe before the game Booney said that uh Oswaldo Cabrera won the left field spot and he's not a uti- and he's not a utility guy. And then, you know, especially when Bader comes back, that'll be great for center. So I'm, I'm excited to get these guys healthy. Rodone, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like the Yankees, you know, hopefully they can keep playing like this. And then when Rodone, Bader, some of the bullpen guys come back, they just fit right in. And then, you know, hopefully the Yankees can really get things rolling. So obviously I don't want to talk all Yankees as much as I would love to. We got to, you know, kind of keep it somewhat unbiased over here. And um, let's let's go to the next uh the other borough and talk about the Mets a little bit. Justin Verlander going down on the IL um, to start the season, which kind of came by a surprise because I'm assuming he was supposed to pitch their next game. I don't know if they play on uh, today or if they play Saturday. Um, so obviously Scherzer got the start on opening day. Um, I don't know if he was awarded the win. He might've, um, Anyways, but now Verlander's out, and that now that's an, a guy out of the rotation. So, um, Castle, how do you see, and how do you see the Mets? Kind of not that obviously you would totally know because you're not following the Mets too much, but just Verlander was their big time acquisition, just like Rodon was for the Yankees. Now the Yankees have to find ways. You know, Clark Schmidt being in the number two spot, like you know, do, um, do you think this is going to be a big impact for the Mets? We don't really know how long. As of now, I think it's like the 15-day IL. But um, do you see it as a concern for the Mets, or do you think they should be fine within the first, um, you know, little bit of time of the season? So, <clears throat> excuse me. I do think the Mets will take a hit. You know, I did – I my brother's a, a big Mets fan, so I, I, you know, understood some of the storylines with this team um, – last season and going into this season, you know, I, I listen, I think one of their big things was going to be the, the duo of Scherzer and Verlander having those guys in the bullpen, clearly bringing a guy like Verlander was, you know, uncle Steve saying, we're going all in, you know, we're going to go back to winning over a hundred games. We're not going to be in the same playoff scenario that we're in last year. So having him go down, Definitely hurts, especially with having their star closer getting hurt and being out for the season. I think the bullpen is going to really have to, uh, you know, get restructured a little bit for the time being. You know, they might have to, you know, throw some guys in there that typically wouldn't. Uh, But on the other hand, I do think the Mets have uh, a nice offense. I, you know, I, I, I like Lindor. Uh, Nimmo, Nimmo had a good day today. 
Uh, Jeff McNeil, the squirrel, he he went two for four today. I also I also like McNeil. Uh, if Marte stays healthy, I think he can be a nice nice uh, part of the team this year. So it, it really to me it really comes down to to management. Uh, Showalter is that is that the guy's uh, the manager's name? Buck Showalter really comes down to him. I mean, hey, you won you won manager of the year last year, so you got to put that to the test this year. And he and he's got to face a, a a big challenge early on. So I think you know it's up to him to see what he could do with the bullpen. the The bats have got to stay consistent, and another big piece is Scherzer's got to stay healthy too. We know what his history is like, so keep Mad Max healthy. That that's a big key too. And I'm going to completely disagree with everything Castle just said. Wow, all right. I think it is very worrisome for the Mets. Because you lose Edwin Diaz for the entire year in the World Baseball Classic, he tore his ACL. That's probably their best player. He was their he was their closer. He's out for the year, so your bullpen already took a hit there. Now you're relying on Scherzer and and Verlander to be your workhorses just for this year. Both of them are well over forty years old. Scherzer Castle just mentioned has a history of injuries, whereas Verlander's coming off. AL Cy Young of the uh, AL Cy Young, and he's been pretty consistent not, uh, in staying healthy the last few years, at least uh, ever since he recovered from Tommy John in 2019, 2018, whatever it was. Um, he's been very durable and obviously won Cy Young last year. And now, yes, he's only going to miss one or two starts at most, but it's still not a good sign at all because you're already very thin in bullpen because you don't have a true closer. Now you're without your co-ace pitcher, which, yeah, I guess the Yankees are in the same boat with Carlos Rodon, uh, given all their other injuries. But I'm very confident in the Yankees' bullpen. I've been talking to Mets fans. I don't think they're confident in their bullpen whatsoever. Last year, the Mets' bullpen was not good. It was really just Edwin Diaz and... This year, the Mets really needed to fix their bullpen issues because of how weak it was. And now you lose your big free agent signing, and they didn't fix. Obviously, there was not enough time to fix your closer situation, but I don't know who's closing games for them right now. Was Is it David Robertson? Is it Adam Adovino? Who knows? I, I'm ver- I'd be very worried if I'm a Mets fan right now. Yeah, I, I guess... You know, maybe it's a little too early to tell, but we don't know with Verlander. I mean, you know, with these guys, they get put on these the ILs, you know, and they throw him on the 15-day IL, but obviously they that's like probably checking in. You know, that's like when he can he's eligible to come off, but then they may, who knows, maybe he's not fully recovered from that, and then they have to, you know, put him back on the IL or keep him on the IL, and now he's missing more starts. So, and from us, I think my biggest thing is, yeah, if he just missed the one or two starts, yeah, they'll be fine. They they got a good team. You know, they still have good enough pitching. Um, you know, like they yeah, they lost to Grom, but he barely pitched last year, and then he got um the Phillies lit him up anyways with his debut with uh the Rangers. So but it's just a concern how yeah, ever since coming off his Tommy John, where you think, hmm, maybe he especially at his age, like he won't be the same, but then he won the Cy Young last year and stayed really healthy with Houston. And now, not even like getting a first start in, in the regular season, he's already hurt before getting that first start. That could be a bit concerning. 
Um, I, I don't want to be bashing on the Mets. It's too early in the season to do that. But... I'm not even trying to bash on them. I'm just trying to be yeah. realistic of, you know, like... like if you think about it, we're sorry. I don't want to say we, cause we care less, but like Mets are counting on sure. Can the Mets count on Scherzer to be a guy who gets in 20, 25, almost 30 starts in a season. I don't know if I could confidently say, yes, I could count on that from Scherzer. Is that, Scherzer's uh, is 30, that... he's, he's 30. He's going to be 39 this year. He's turning 39 in July. I don't really know if he could get, if he could give you that many starts Verlander, even though he's older last year showed that he could start that many games. And the fact that he's already ready starting this year hurt, whether it's significant or not, I'd say is a little concerning because he's a workhorse and he's someone who could work through injuries, whatever. I would say it's definitely concerning because he's someone who didn't miss games the last couple of years and he was going to be the guy if, let's say, Scherzer were to go down. Now, if the roles are reversed, and now what happens if Verla- if Scherzer goes down? Then the Mets are like are actually very screwed. So, I, I I think it's a little that it is an overreaction on my end, but I'm not very thrilled with the way the season has started for the Mets, even though they won today. And there's a lot of you know, um, you know, the rest of their like Kode uh, Senga. You know, I mean, listen, he was a big signing too. But he's never pitched in the MLB before. How's he going to be? We don't know. Uh, I think he should be fine. And then, you know, Carlos Carrasco, he, he's not really the same kind of pitcher he was with Cleveland. He's not a bad, you know, fifth guy in the rotation. But, you know, he's getting older now. So, um, the David Peterson, I kind of liked his, some of his stuff last year. Um, but it, it, that NL East, like the Braves, you know, they're, they, they're a good team. Now, their pitching could screw them over. Um, so I think, like I said, I, the Mets should be fine, especially for Orlando. If he, if he does. Okay. But hear me out. Sorry to cut you off. And I know we probably want to keep moving, but mention the Braves Phillies went to the world series last year and they only got better. Even though Bryce Harper's hurt to start the year, they added Trey Turner. I'm assuming the Mets are not in the conversation to win the NL East this year. So they're already looking at a wild card. This Verlander news, once again, I would say is a bit concerning given to given those points. Yeah, I mean, it. I guess it comes down to if this is just a really minor injury, like he just kind of like, I think it was some sort of lat strain or some sort of strain. I forgot exactly where. If it really is just something minor, then, you know, maybe we're overreacting a little bit now. But if he starts tweaking more things here and there, you know, yeah, that could be a big concern because yeah, they're, they're going to rely on these two guys that are pretty much 40 years old. Um, and then, so, and I know the Mets can say, well, same thing with Rondon, you know, obviously that is a concern, you know, Rondon's had injury concerns too in the past, but I mean, he's, you know, knock on wood, he's making some good progress. But then you also look at Scherzer and Cole. We mentioned that Cole is a, is a workhorse who doesn't miss starts. And he's also almost 10 years younger, you know. So, 
Um, he doesn't have all of those innings as Scherzer does. So, you know, obviously it's two kind of the same things, but two kind of different things too. So, you know, again, it's it's one game in, we can't overreact. I just thought, you know, already off the bat, you know, the Mets too with some of these injuries, especially to a guy like Verlander, you know, could be, uh, you know, that's not the best way they want to start the season off, uh, especially because, you know, the Mets really, the Yankees every year, pretty much you can lock them into the playoffs. You know, the Mets, they're looking to go, like, have that back-to-back years of, like, I mean, they won over 100 games, like 101 games last year. They're looking to repeat that. You know, I don't know the last time the Mets have really won 100 games in back-to-back seasons, you know? I mean, that's a tough thing to do for any team, especially a team like the Mets who haven't had the most, you know, recent success over, a, you know, decade or so, um, maybe a couple decades. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, the Red Sox, too. I mean, they just seem like... I don't even know what's good with their roster. They got some good players, but lost a lot of guys. And I don't really even know how to – they were last place last year. Um, To be honest, I can kind of see them going last place again this year. I really like – I think Baltimore's lineup's really underrated. They're pitching, same thing. Their pitching might screw them over. Um, So I really think the Yankees, Rays, and Blue Jays will be the teams fighting for it. I think probably more of the Yankees and the Blue Jays. We'll see. Uh, but before we go into the final four, I just want to kind of want to get um, what's a team that you think can make a jump this season? Whether they made the playoffs last year, but didn't really, you know, obviously didn't win. Obviously, only one team won the Astros. But what's a team, NL or AL, that you think really could surprise a lot of people? Um, so, Castle, we'll go with you, unless we don't got one right now. Uh, I'm trying to, th- <laughs> trying to think, I mean, you just mentioned that their pitching could screw them over. So I don't know how far that they could get, but I'm going to, I'm going to give it to the Orioles anyways. They do have a lot of young guys. Uh, I really like, uh, Mount castle. Um, what's their catcher's name? The, the rookie that they just drafted. Adley, uh, Adley Rushman. He hit a Wait. home run today. He went five for five in opening day. Okay, I didn't know that. Went five for five. I think he also reached base because uh, he also drew a walk. So I think he reached reached base six times. Jeez. Well, I mean, <laughs> the stats are helping prove my point here. Um, but yeah, with with a team like Boston declining, it definitely gives them the upper hand. You know, you got these guys that are young and hungry. You know, there's over 160 games in the season, so. Anything, anything can really happen. So, uh, probably should you know bite my tongue for for saying this, but uh, as a Yankee fan, but I, I I'm gonna give it to Baltimore. I, I will, I, I will give it to them. They could be a surprise team. They they can make uh they can make a run out of nowhere. So that that's uh, giving it to the Orioles. And listen, I mean, they can definitely they will be competitive. Like I said, they they went into Fenway and uh, clobbered ten runs. Um. Which is, which is embarrassing for for Boston fans. Very it embarrassing. Is. Boston I, I, did come back though. They only lost. The Boston was down like six, and they did come back. They only lost by one. But at the same time, the fact that opening day Baltimore put up ten runs at Fenway is pretty uh, impressive on Baltimore's end. I just just on just while we're talking about them quickly, because I I'm I've been thinking about this. What was I mean I know. They've had three huge names over the year 
that they eventually, you know, traded away. But do you guys think there was one move that really screwed Boston to the point where Mookie, hundred percent, yeah, the, the, the trade, the, the, without, Mookie, the, the Mookie bet straight off, thousand. David yep. Price was included in that trade too, right? It was, was the, it was Mookie and David Price went for to Verdugo yeah, for Verdugo, Peter Downs, I, who's not even on the team. Jeter Downs isn't on the team, and then someone else who is just not good. And Verdugo is not like I mean I would, yeah, I wouldn't but like if you think not take Verdugo, but replacing like, replacing bets with Verdugo, I mean just not even anywhere close. Yeah. Okay. I was just, Mook- I was just curious because I I even thought about this at a point last season that you know hate to admit it, but Boston's had some big talent over the years, and now we're talking about them as not only a bottom barrel team, but a team like Baltimore could, could lap them again. And the fact that they let Xander Bogarts walk, that's something that we'll be able to talk about in another year or so, because they let him walk. They didn't bother uh, trying to resign him from what it sounds like. I don't think Boston made an effort to give him uh, an offer and they didn't even trade him. They let him walk in free agency and then they paid uh, the Japanese outfielder, Masataka um, Yoshida. Yeah, they offered him a, a lot of money. So it's kind of questionable decisions that they've made, in my opinion. And they did lock up Devers, but that was a need. You had to lock up Devers. If they let Devers go, then they were in a complete rebuild at that point. Oh, their fans would have probably rioted the streets of uh, whatever those streets are right by Fenway. I forgot that one right behind the Green Monster. But Lands down. Yeah, okay, that's what it is. If, if Heim Bloom let Devers walk or traded Devers, I think Red Sox fans would have not had the most um, calm or peaceful or um, nonviolent response. We'll just put it that. So it was good that they locked up Devers. And I mean, the the Bogarts, they should have locked him up regardless of his age and stuff, but the Padres didn't make that ridiculous offer. So I guess like, you know, but... At the same time, he's your guy. You got to lock him up, and he's done so much for your organization. He's one of your better players. You got to keep him. So, but I guess they got Trevor Story, who they paid a lot of money to. So, yeah, they make some interesting moves. We'll see how the Yoshida um, signing works out. I mean, he did really well in the World Baseball Classic, but that's just, you know, a couple game tournament. It's not, you know, the whole contract length of time. So, um, but Castle, you know, Orioles pick very well could be, you know, even if they don't make the playoffs, I do see them being competitive in a tough, like kind of team that you're always like, Ugh, we got the Orioles instead of like, nice, we got the Orioles. It's, Ugh, we got the Orioles. And I, like I said, their lineup, I think won't be the issue at all. I think it's going to be their pitching um, is really what's going to screw them over. Cause I know they had Kyle Gibson as a race starting out. So TJ, welcome. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Connecticut decided to be Connecticut and I was in standstill traffic while workers were putting cones on the highway. That sounds like the most lovely thing on your way home from work. So, um, well, we're, we're glad to have you though. You know, listen, if you need to take a, take a five second breather or something like that, please, by all means, cause, uh, promise is gonna, he's gonna go with his take. And then, um, and then we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna hop into some final four action. So get ready for some UConn. So promise, who's your uh, team that you think can make a big jump? I truly think that you want to say this team, so I'm glad you're letting me go before you. 
Uh, it's a team that made the playoffs last year. And a lot of teams, a lot of people, I believe, are expecting this team to go further than they did last year. Um, and that's the Seattle Mariners. I think this is the year that we see Julio, uh, Julio Rodriguez emerge from that uh, rookie to superstar kind of jump that someone like a Juan Soto took or Bryce Harper, you name it, any other superstar in this game. And he has all the talent in the world to do that. They improved their bullpen. They brought in Teoscar Hernandez, a very underrated outfielder from the Blue Jays. So they bulked up their hitting as well. And their hitting was very, very good last year. Luis Castillo is a true ace, which I'm mad that the Yankees didn't jump on that trade. But Seattle beat us to that. And then their bullpen is just electric young guys who throw 100 plus miles per hour. Um, they're going to be a fun team to watch. And that's definitely a team that you're, you don't want to face. And they are going to give the Astros a run for their money in the AL West. It's funny. I was thinking the Astros, um, but then I was like, ah, and, but Seattle, I'm glad you went. Seattle, you mean Seattle, right? What did I say? Astros. The Astros. I said the Astros. Yeah. I meant Seattle. Obviously the Astros won. So if they take a jump, it just would probably be win total in the regular season. So yeah, God, I'm watching the Astros White Sox opening day game. Not that I like watching the Astros, but I just want to watch baseball. And this is like the only game on TV right now. Anyways, so my team I'll go with. Uh, and TJ, if you have a team that you want to choose, uh, again, go. Uh, you can go after me if you want. I'll give you some time to think about it. A team that and then will be that you think will take a big jump this year. Um, mine, I'm going to go with the Chicago Cubbies, the Cubs. Um, the NL Central, I mean, I think it's pretty open. I, I, the Cardinals are definitely the best team in that division. Um. You know, they got Wilson Contreras now behind the plate to replace Yadier Molina. So got Arenado. Uh, they called up their top prospect, Jordan Walker. So they'll be good. But the Brewers, you know, I don't know. Um, Yelich is just not the same guy as he was his first couple years there, especially when he won MVP. Cor- uh, Corbin Burns, like, he's good, but, you know, I don't know. They might trade him. Who knows? So... I think the Cubs can surprise a lot of guys, uh, teams this year, the league this year. I mean, they they signed Dansby Swanson, who is a top shortstop in the league, um, and he seems excited to play there. His wife plays, I think, for the women's soccer team there. Um, so the two of them are now both playing in Chicago, um, and he's a World Series champ, so he's got that, you know, kind of alpha dog in him that that what it takes to win in him. Um, they signed Cody Bellinger. Now Bellinger, yeah, he's had some up and down seasons with LA, but same thing. He, I believe, won an MVP with LA. Um, and he, we know he can have a lot of success. Marcus Stroman is back now, the second year. They signed Jameson Tyone. They have a lot of guys that have had success, but then also have had some, you know, down years or like some not that much success. But I think. There's not too much pressure on this team because I think obviously Chicago fans are going to be behind them, you know, Cubby Cubs fans. Wrigley will be packed as always and, you know, loud. But I think not too many people have too high of expectations for them. And I think that's when a team is most dangerous. Um, So I think, and they also signed Trey Mancini, Eric Cosmer. They just have a lot of good veteran guys. 
with young guys mixed in. Nico uh, Hornier, or however you pronounce the name, he just signed that extension. So they have a good, um, nice balance of solid veterans, some young guys. I like David Ross um, as manager. So I just think coming off from last year, they can definitely make a jump. Um, and I, yeah, I just like the pieces they added. And I, I think, I just think a lot of people are not going to expect too much from the Cubs. And I think they, this team can really like these guys, like this is like Bellinger's not in that LA spotlight where he has to perform. I mean, it's Chicago, but you know, LA with the Dodgers, they're winning all these games and all these other stars, you know, now he's kind of out of that spotlight, you know, same thing with Tyone. He doesn't have to be, you know, this second big guy next to Cole, he can be that second or third guy to Shroman. It's a lot more um, of a equivalent to, you know, he's more, much more on Shroman's level than he is Cole's. So I just think that's why these guys, um, they're out of that spotlight from their old teams. And yes, Chicago's a big market they expect to win, but I think they realize where this team's at. And I think that's why they can, um, really play well and surprise a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, that comes from my team. Uh, TJ, you think of one? Yeah, I think I got one. Yeah. Let's hear it. So, I, it might be a little surprise. I don't know. I was going to go with – actually, I'll go with my – I'm going to say what my original thought was. I was going to go with the Baltimore Orioles. It's not that they've made big moves, but they have the farm system, and they also beat – the Red Sox today, so that's what I was gonna do. Well, it's um, funny you said that because that was Castle. So, <laughs> perfect. Um, so I'm I'm gonna stick with with what I have now. I'm gonna go with the Texas Rangers. So they they made that big splash towards the end of last year, like like the physical year, not the season, when they traded for Jacob Degrom. They also signed Nathan Eovaldi. They've brought in uh they brought in Dominic Leone, Ian Kennedy. They they've they've made even uh Mitch Garver. Uh, he was there, but they brought him back. They they've made the right moves with their with their bullpen and with their starting rotation that I think they're gonna be a they have a solid starting five now. Their bullpen is they addressed it, they got some guys, they still need a little bit of work. But I think that'll be addressed over the course of the season, and then offensively they have they they have the bats. I think I think we might see some early call ups, in in case stuff starts to go south quickly, which it could. We all know how baseball works. Um, but yeah, I I think I think the Texas Rangers they might actually be up to something this year. And we, uh, we, I'd like to actually see them do well. It's been a, it's been a long time coming for them, and I'm sure, I'm sure you guys want to see at least the Rangers do well to an extent. I, I just want to see any of the teams in the AL West take down the Astros. So yeah, I would totally be fine with the Rangers doing well. Um, especially yeah, the last time they were really kind of good was when they were in the World Series or those couple years with Josh Hamilton and, um, Mike Napoli and uh, Ian Kinsler and and. Those squads. Adrian Beltray, that's a yep. Oh yeah, Adrian Beltre. Yeah, how can I forget about him? So, even yeah, Elvis was, Andrews, and I forgot I to saying, mention. Um, they brought in Robbie Grossman too. He's yep. 
he's and then they, he's a pretty good he's a pretty good uh bat and he's good in the field so and obviously they returned Simeon and Seeger their big acquisitions from on obviously not this past offseason but the offseason before the 2022 um season so they could they definitely could be so i think that's enough baseball talk for uh for tonight um opening day definitely had to get baseball it's it's uh it's spotlight so glad i had baseball back and um obviously we had spring training but it's good to have regular season back and looking forward to watching the Yankees and just baseball, you know, until, uh, until next about November. So we're in it for the long haul now, uh, but let's, let's switch over. Cause as I just hopped on my phone on Twitter, um, this was a lovely tweet. I just saw Jonathan the Husky, uh, tweeted, Hey, hashtag Husky nation. I'm flying to Houston tonight. Thank you to the Yukon Huskies, NCAA and Delta for all your support. Special shout out to Jennifer and Sarah of Delta airlines for their kindness. Let's do this. Hashtag March Madness with a cute selfie of Jonathan Husky himself because the UConn is in the Final Four in Houston. Um, it was There was a concern that Jonathan the Husky, who's been at every other game, is not going to be able to be, go to the Final Four. How do you not make him not go to the Final Four? So luckily he was able to catch a flight to Houston. So the men's already there. Yeah, Jonathan, pretty sure. Didn't, the, uh, the didn't the men's team get... Uh... They flew on Robert Kraft's. Yep. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they're, they're getting first-class service. Even the Husky, the men's team's getting uh, chartered out by Robert Kraft and the Patriots team playing. You got to you gotta like it. So, um, I I don't know who wants to go. Um, anyone could go. You know, what do we it, – it's such – since it's such weird matchups – since three out of the four teams, this is their first time going. Like, what should we expect for this final four? Um, you're and I mean, you're a, you're a funny guy for asking that question. I I like being called. No, funny I, I no, I respect yeah. it. No, it's because if you think about it, like you you if you were to ask that question, like what do you expect, like for this entire March Madness, uh, people would have said, oh, you expect like uh, Gonzaga, you expect. UConn, not even Alabama, UConn, Alabama, Houston, whoever the UCLA. Top two, you expect them to be in the Final Four. Now UConn is the top-ranked seed remaining. They're a what a four seed. Like it's crazy. So I'm done giving any sort of <laughs> advice when it comes to March Madness because I have no idea what to expect at this point. It seems like whatever I, whatever I bet on, whatever I expect, whatever I hope for it to happen, just the complete opposite happens. Whether it's Purdue trying to win the first game and they lose to a 16 seed, or Arizona, I had winning all, they lost to a 15 seed. I have no idea what to expect at this point. FAU is in the Final Four. I don't even know what's happening anymore. I think, and I guess that's why it goes to March Madness, but you can't knock any of these teams. Oh, obviously UConn. I mean, UConn, I knew um, watching this team from the start, and I'm not just saying that because they're here, but I knew all season this team, and I did pick them to my Final Four, and I usually do pick them far because it's UConn, but I mean, obviously being a a CT native along with TJ, um, you know, I watch whenever UConn's on, I watch. And I've watched the past UConn teams of the past. 
compared to this year. And I just think this team has what it takes to win it all. And I mean, they went unbeaten in the in their non-conference schedule. And they beat some good, they beat, they crushed Alabama. You know, they beat some other good teams. Um, and then in the tournament, they won every game by like 15 or plus points. There's been then you also lo- and then if you look at just their regular season too, their conference, Big East is no joke. Look at the other yeah. teams that like they had to play multiple times. Look at Marquette, you look at Seton Hall, you look at Creighton, um, Creighton, uh, Xavier. Yeah, you look at all those teams. Like Big East is no joke. Marquette was a two seed. Creighton was a six seed, but they went far. Um, who else was Xavier? Was like a three seed. Xavier was a three or four seed. So like the Big East is one of, if not the best, I won't say the best, but one of the best conferences in college basketball. And the fact that UConn is playing this well really is no surprise. Um, and the fact that they've won all of their games by 15 or more points just goes to show you how how complete they are. And I did not expect their win against Gonzaga to be as dominant as it was. I, And I feel like we end up always saying this after about Gonzaga, but it really seems like each year they are so good in the regular season and then they just fall apart in March Madness. Well, Gonzaga, all UConn had to do to match up with Gonzaga was stop Timmy, and they can't. They had Snowgo. Timmy's not bullying through Snowgo. Timmy gone foul trouble, or even Klingon, because he's a, he's seven two. Exactly. So, and the refs actually called some of his moves that were travel. He got away with some of those travels in uh, the UCLA game, but UCLA was missing what you know some of their big men. So, like Timmy was able to feast. Um. You know, but with UConn, he got into foul trouble early, and they weren't even playing him on Sonogo. So then Sonogo was beasting up Gonzaga's other big man, which is not nearly as good um, as Timmy. So it was just a perfect matchup. So, um, so UConn had it. But besides UConn, and we can continue talking UConn right after this, but these other teams are kind of no joke either. I mean, like, if you look at Florida Atlantic had to play Kansas State, who looked like the hottest, most fun most coordinated team um, in the tournament. I mean, Marcus Noel, Keontae uh, Johnson. I mean, it was just so fun to see them go at it. Um, and then they had to beat Fairleigh Dickinson, who, same kind of thing. They were putting up some tough games against those teams. You know, again, they beat Purdue. Um, and they were kind of a feisty group. Tobin, uh, was it Tobin Anderson, right? Like, he had them playing well. Uh, I'm trying to think who else they played. There's that one other game they planned on blanking. But then San Diego State knocking out Alabama. Um, I believe they uh, – God, I got to look at this tournament now. It's like these past couple weeks I'm forgetting. But then even Miami. Miami went through like Indiana, Houston. Now um, who did they just beat this past week, um, last weekend to get to the Final Four? Um, oh, my God. Hold on. I'm going to figure this out. But let's see. So Miami, they had played. Oh, Texas. So Texas, Houston, Indiana, and then uh, Drake. I mean, obviously Drake, I don't really know how good they are. But, you know, Indiana's a good team. Houston was, you know, one seed. Texas is a two seed, but they were a top team. So, like, Miami's going to give you kind of a good matchup. And then let's look at FAU beat 
Um, Memphis, who I thought Memphis was a pretty good team. Then Fairleigh Dickinson. Then Tennessee. Tennessee worked through Duke. You know, then obviously Kansas State. And then San Diego State went through Charleston, who I really thought, like, was a solid mid-major team. Furman, you know, like, all right, you could see them winning that. But then Alabama, and then they just squeaked by Crane, but Crane was he's a good team. So that's what I'm saying. Like, all these teams, they didn't just get here for no reason. They really put on a showing. So um, Castle or TJ, do any of these other teams? Obviously, we know UConn. We all like UConn, not because we live in the state or we went to school in the state or they're the they're the the obviously like the blue blood of all the schools here and they've been here and they've done it. But um there are there any of the teams that kind of stand out to you that you might say like, you know what, they have a real good shot of winning, um, and kind of really finishing this magical or unless we don't think it's magical, like uh Tournament run, so either Castle or TJ. In terms of the FAU San Diego State matchup, I don't have much to say on that one. It's it's crazy that both teams have made it to the Final Four. Um, in terms of the other matchup, uh, you know UConn has has had a great run this season, and you know you and and TJ being the locals, give me the scoop on that. Uh, but I gotta show some love for for Miami. Uh, their their coach has has uh, Coach Laranaga has captured a lot of wins over the season. Um, he's produced a lot of NBA talent, and I think he's got an opportunity to uh, bring the Hurricane to the championship. So I think uh, it would be really cool for for him to make it. But that's going to be a great matchup, regardless of what the outcome is. Uh, frankly, I, I think it would be just, I mean, listen, if, if UConn makes it, I'll be very happy, uh, for, for the team and for you guys, but I think it would be fun to kind of watch, uh, a Florida matchup. The schools are not too far from each other. Um, so yeah, I mean, listen, it's March madness. I mean, I, I made a bracket this year. I had Alabama to win it, probably some karma for, for picking them, but whatever it, it, it's March madness, but yeah, I think that's going to be probably the more competitive game between the two. But then again, the other series, I really don't have uh, much of a feel for. So shout out, shout out Coach Laranaga. That, that's where I'll leave it. Love it. I love it. And uh, yeah, that Florida Atlantic San Diego State game, I think that could go either way. Uh, I mean, I think it could be a little more interesting than people realize just because like, obviously we don't really know much about it. Is it San Diego and FAU? Like, we it really does not imp- like apply to our region as much as like UConn does. But I think it's cool when you look at the different styles that both both of those two teams both of those two teams have been playing this uh, tournament. San Diego State is a very gritty, tough defensive team, and that's why I want them to win just to see how they'd match up against UConn. Because UConn has size up and down their team, and they're, they've just been scoring at such a high clip. And we thought that that Gonzaga game was going to be a real challenge for them because they haven't... It really has not looked like UConn has faced any sort of real defense. But San Diego State, I think, 
would make such a good matchup for UConn because they have guys who can match up on the wings with Jordan Hawkins or uh, down the low post against Sonogo. So I, I'm really hoping that we can get a San Diego State-UConn uh, matchup. And sorry, as long to, as... sorry to all the Florida listeners. I'm going against both of your schools. As long as UConn's in it, that's what matters to me. Um, but I, I'm excited for this UConn-Miami matchup. I, I really think Jim Lironega, like will have his team ready. Clearly, like he's had them ready this entire tournament. Um, Nigel Pack is disgusting. Um, they have a couple other guys who are really good. So this will definitely be probably UConn's first big challenge in the tournament. I thought maybe Gonzaga, but like I said, Gonzaga really, as long as they matched up with Timmy, I felt confident and clearly they executed it. Um, it's funny the the final four this year compared to last year is just outrageous. Uh, you know, UConn being it, like I said, UConn, this is now their sixth time. So you can see it. But UConn, Florida Atlantic, Miami, and San Diego State. Last year, it was Duke, UNC, Nova, and Kansas. Shout out to Blue Bloods. Yeah, honestly. And then this year, it's like this. So it's great to see, though. I, I love these te- I like seeing new teams win. Um, Obviously, unless if it's like my team I like, which is UConn. So... Um, but it's cool. That goes, that, goes, that, goes against, that goes against what you said. I, I know. Well, I'm saying I, I'm just glad. Like I'm glad it's not just all. Like I'm glad it's not like UConn, Duke, UNC. Like the same teams over and over. Like I'm glad it's because even UConn, they haven't been in it since 2014. It's been almost 10 years since they were last in it. So, um, it's just good to see like new faces if they've been here before or new faces whether it's the first time. Um just in general. So I'm excited. I think it should be a fun matchup. Like you said, we really like, honestly, none of these teams besides you kind of made it. So like, we don't know what can happen. Um, but I know it, hopefully the way of all these games have been going with these teams, it should be some good games. Um, and I think Miami will finally be the first team to truly test UConn again. Hopefully UConn will squeak by it. Um, and it made me feel so much better that Jonathan the Husky will be in Houston. So that might be the biggest news of the day. Uh, but that's, that's, I think that's all about all the time we have for tonight. Um, you know, again, everyone, I'm, sh- I'm hoping a lot of people are excited. Baseball's back. I know we are this final four. It's this, you know, the tournament's always sad to see it come to an end, but obviously we love the final four in the national championship. Um, so we're going to be keeping our eyes out and watching it. And uh, obviously any other news, we got our man TJ hitting up the social media, keeping those fire posts coming up. So, um, so yeah, if there's any breaking news or updates or anything like that, just check the three Pete Instagram because yeah, TJ again, shout out to you for keeping that fresh. Um, and then shout out to Liberty shirt co making, all the guys on Fox Sports, you know, MLB Fox, NFL Fox. Um, and does he did they do the college basketball and all that on Fox too? Yep. All all the Fox Sports. Just doesn't matter what it is, what sport, what uh you know, what league or whatever you call it. Um so shout out to Liberty Shirtco for making them look fire. You know, maybe now uh now that's springtime, maybe I'll get a nice fire shirt. We'll see. Uh it's been a little while. 
I'm still putting letters. I'm sending letters, uh, sending the emails. But anyways, we we're glad to be partners with them. So and then obviously shout out to uh to you guys the fans. Thanks for always listening and uh and being active. And uh, if there's any any thing you want us to talk about, you know, just DM us or or anything. So, but again, thank you to you guys. And then uh, you know, we'll be back uh back recording soon. So thanks again for listening and. See you next time.